This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, it's game week. Four games highlight the kickoff weekend of the new season. The Colorado Mammoth will retire John Grant Jr.'s number 24 to the Raptors this year. The National Lacrosse League announced a partnership with CBS Sports Digital to stream live and on-demand games. And could a new arena deal in Seattle mean a new NLL team? All that more on OTCB. Cross fans and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast. My name is Teddy Jenner. Welcome to the show. If you want to get a hold of me, you can email me teddy.jenner at gmail.com or you can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. We've waited a long time. Let's be honest. It's been a while. It's been a while since the Georgia Swarm knocked off the Saskatchewan Rush for the first ever championship. It's been a while since we've had free agency. It's been a while since we've had the draft. It's been a while since we found out that it's actually going to be the Wings. And we have made it all the way to the Tuesday before the Friday that started it all. It's NLL Face-Off Weekend. So very true, we are just a mere three sleeps away from the first games of the brand new season as the Georgia Swarm will kick it off against the New England Black Wolves as they get set to defend their 2017 championship. Mike Poulin of the defending champs will check in, longtime friend of the show, as will one of the newest members of the Colorado Mammoth, Ryan Banesh. He drove all the way across country just to hear Steve Fryer sing a really bad rendition of Adele. We're going to play you a really bad rendition of Toto later. But it's going to be a jam-packed show. Um, Just so people are unaware, nobody from the CLA is on this week. Um, I tried to reach out to Mac Allen who's the former lacrosse player turned lawyer representing the National Lacrosse Team Players Association. Um, There was some news kind of coming out that uh, the two sides are trying to work together, but who really knows how close these conversations are going and how well talks are going until we really get to the root of all the evils. Um, So again, we worked on it, didn't get anybody. We'll just keep trying. But as always... PeterboroughExaminer.com. Um, go check out the articles of Mike Davies. Um, he has just done a fantastic job covering this whole thing. So for all your CLA NLTPA updates, head over to the PeterboroughExaminer.com. Um, also on the PeterboroughExaminer.com today, uh, you'll see that Doug Louie has been named the permanent MSL commissioner. He replaces Tom Brady. So congratulations to Doug Louie. And we wish you all the best in creating your version of the MSL. But let's focus on things at hand. We have four games on the schedule, as mentioned. The defending champion, Georgia Swarm, will kick it off 
in New England to take on the Black Wolves. That game goes 7.30 Eastern. Also at 7.30 Eastern, it's the Rock and Bandits in Banditland, uh, one of the best rivalries in the league right now. And another building rivalry, Colorado at Vancouver, will end things on Friday night. That's a 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. And then the lone game on Saturday, the Roughnecks have to travel to Rochester to take on the Nighthawks as eight of the nine national lacrosse teams will get underway. The only team not in action are the Rush, and they will get going on the 16th when they take on the Rock. And at that game, $1 from every ticket sold will go towards the Gord Downey Channy Wenjack Fund, or the DWF, um, which is a great cause uh, and a great foundation. Everybody who knows the story of Gord Downey and what he stood for um, and the, the reconciliation of Indigenous people in Canada, um, it is a very strong partnership. And it's something that we're seeing a little bit more and more between the National Lacrosse League and the Indigenous people in North America. Uh, we've seen the commissioner uh, being presented with awards during National Indigenous Month. Uh, we've seen the Thompson brothers have ceremonies both in Georgia and in, in Sask. Let's try that one again. Uh, in Saskatoon. So, and, and we've heard the commissioner say that the National Crossing needs to get closer to the roots of the game, and that is the Indigenous people. So, um, a great partnership with the Rock and the DWF Fund. So, uh, everyone that is at that Rock game, a dollar of your ticket will go towards that fund, and people from the foundation will be in attendance collecting your monies as well. And a cool little thing uh, that I found out at the end of the article that's on the Rock website, uh, most teams nowadays have some sort of post-game tradition uh, after wins, whether it be the game ball, the hard work helmet, the tough guy belt, whatever it may be. Every team nowadays seems to have some sort of tradition. Well, the Rock are going full hip. And Nick Rose and a local store in Toronto have come together and they basically have gotten a version of the hat that Gord Downey wore on her, their the Hips final tour and they've made it a rock version. And that will be the player of the game hat. Uh, whoever gets it will wear it. I'm sure they're probably going to sign it because at the end of the year they are going to auction that hat off and all the proceeds will go back to the DWF Foundation. So um, once again, The Rock uh, doing a great job working with the community, working with the great foundation, and just giving back um, to Gord Downey, his legacy, and everything that he stood for. So kudos to The Rock and everybody that's involved in the DWF Fund and doing all they can for reconciliation uh, on this earth. Full circle, we come back to the games this weekend. I'm super stoked uh, to see this year's play because with everything that's about to happen, and this was a good read that uh, Connor Wilson, Lax All-Stars, had last week, of just how important this season is going to be, uh, not just for the league, but for all the players involved as well. Because with expansion coming, this is, for a lot of guys, this is a tryout year, not just for their own team, but uh, for possible expansion teams in Philadelphia and in San Diego, for their ownership groups, their GMs, even though no team really has a GM, but for their people that are going to be out watching 
players get the job done. And there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be looking for jobs next year. And the play on the field this year is going to be better than it's ever been. And with all eyes on the National Lacrosse League this year from prospective owners and teams that are currently waiting to get into the league, uh, there's a lot at stake this year. And Nick Sakevich's new National Lacrosse League is starting to take its shape. It's starting to form. And there are, there's so much more ahead. And the future just continues to look brighter and brighter. That this year seems to be like whatever the last year was before it came AD. So when it got from 1 BC to 0 and then we became AD. Is that how it worked? Anyway, like this is that year. This is the year before it all changes. Two new teams come in. It will change the entire landscape of the National Lacrosse League. And that will be the stepping stone for the future of this sport. And I'm super excited for it. Like, beyond excited for what is to come. And as I continue to tell people, you know, you know, what's the difference between back then and now and everything, it, simply put, the players are better athletes. And that's no knock on anybody back in the day. But every rookie that comes into the league this year is way ahead a veteran from a decade ago. Skill-wise, fitness-wise, mentally-wise, strength-wise, it's a completely different game. And the game has changed. And I love the NLL as it is right now, just talent-wise. And I think we're going to see, I don't think we're going to see, you know, anybody go Dane Smith and just blow records out of the water. It could happen. I don't think it will. But I think we're going to see a very prolific season. Numbers-wise, from offensive players to goaltenders having ridiculous years between the pipes. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to see some low-scoring games this year, but we're also going to see some absolute shootouts. And that kind of tends to happen every year. but it just has me on pins and needles waiting for Friday night. And it's going to make everybody just take a big sigh of relief when we're able to sit down, turn our smart TVs on or our laptops or our iPads or our smartphones, open up NLL TV and watch some games. That's what we've all been waiting for. And good news coming out of the National Lacrosse League. CBS Sports has hopped on the bandwagon again. The digital service is going to be providing streaming live and on-demand NLL games on their subscription service, Sports Live. Regular season and playoff games. So NLL TV is still going to be around, but this will just be another option for people to get their information, to get the content, to get the games. It's it's I think they advertise it as under 10 bucks a month. And so another avenue for people to see this great sport. 
in the first game they get to watch. Well, there's two. Bandits and Rock, which is always a good game, and Black Wolves and Swarm, which was, every time they played last year, a great lacrosse game. And your nightcap is the Mammoth and Stealth, a rematch of the West semifinals last year. And we're going to check in with a couple players from two of those three games. We're going to start with the defending champion, Georgia Swarm. And Mike Poulin, you could say, had a breakout year, had a career year last year, helping leading the Swarm to a National Lacrosse League championship. And he's pretty excited to go for a shot at number two. I was able to catch up with the Poulin wall earlier in the day. He was uh, on daddy daycare duty. And up to bat, what was for dinner? I am throwing together a nice pasta. And don't get me wrong, I am not a chef. I very rarely have cooking duties. But uh, working families, my wife is currently working, so I am finally stepping up to try and hold my own. <laughs> is, is pasta an easy dish for you to make, or is it tough? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the extent is chopping up vegetables and throwing them in a sauce. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, obviously, uh, a lot harder stopping shooters in the National Cross League if you get set uh, for another season as the Swarm will defend the Champions Cup this year. You take on the New England Black Wolves to kick off the season. How excited are you for Friday night? Uh, definitely excitement is the best word to use. It's um, kind of a new new feeling for me as a first-time kind of defending champion, and it's been a, a definitely a different type of offseason, too. We've done a lot... Uh, in the market, trying to build the brand and and ride the wave of uh, of, of winning a championship. So it's been uh, certainly a different off season. Kind of even though it's been short, it's felt long. Yeah. But uh, these past couple of weeks of getting the guys together for training camp uh, immediately, just the uh, the chemistry of our room is uh, didn't take long to connect and get everybody back. So uh, really excited to finally get going and play some meaningful games again. There are some some new pieces to the puzzle, puzzle, some guys in, some guys out. Uh, It doesn't hurt to replace – it always hurts to lose a guy like Jordan Hall, but it doesn't hurt replacing with a guy like Jesse King. Um, How has Kinger looked uh, in his first camp since knee surgery uh, and back in with the club? Uh, A little scary realizing I'm going to have to see him in practice and shoot around (laughs) every day. Yeah. He was was around the team last year, uh, and you could just see it even though he wasn't really moving around. His shot is so good. Mm-hmm. So uh, he certainly isn't going to miss a beat. Um, 77 points in his rookie season. And you see the other rookies that we had in their sophomore year just kind of skyrocket towards the top, Lyle and, and Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm expecting kind of this being his sophomore season, he's going to show what he's got. Um, <laughs> it's one of those, we're, we've got a lot of dangerous pieces. Mm-hmm. And he is one of those that you can, it's kind of funny to think he can still fly under the radar. Yeah, right. So uh, so I'm expecting a good year for him, and I'm sure he's putting that same expectation on himself, just knowing what kind of competitor he is. Yeah, the kind of offense you guys have. Does Dan Lattisur take all the credit? <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. When I when I was meeting with them in the offseason of my free agency, um, Lattisur joining the coaching staff was a major, major part of my decision. And then when yeah. I signed up and found out that he was coaching the offense, I was just shocked. <laughs> it's like, wait, Dan Latasur is coaching the offense? So yeah. um he he's just done such a fantastic job of uh kind of controlling um controlling expectations. Like we have so much firepower and there's only one ball. 
and there's no one guy who is the burden of the play always drawn up for him and expectations of, okay, games on the line. This guy has to have it. He's just always managing our room and, and our, our stars by everybody has something for them and every situation isn't dependent on one player. So I give Laddie and, and uh, Eddie a lot of credit in terms of what everybody talks about, our offense not being selfish and moving the ball. They've designed that and they've built it. We didn't just take seven really good players, throw them out there, and they just swung it around. Yeah. It takes a lot of great coaching to uh, to put that together. So, um, you know, I know Laddie's not out there showing them how to score. <laughs> I know yeah, he's that's not doing sure. that. But he's definitely uh, he's definitely a major part in uh, in kind of drawing up our situations and our um, kind of just general philosophy. At the other end, does Sean Ferris get enough credit for for what he does with your D group? No, no, he doesn't. And it's kind of kind of funny. The guys still are are riding high on we don't get enough credit. We don't yeah. you know. No one thinks we contributed to last year. And uh, you know, I think yeah, we we get credit. Our defense. Everybody knows we do have a good defense and. Um, everybody knows Chai is a great D coach. I personally think uh, everybody understands those two things. But yeah. um, Chai is, is that name that flies under the radar. He uh, People very rarely talk about Sean Ferris when they talk about our coaching staff, when they talk about our defense, when they talk about our overall organization and, and the success last year. And he's one of those guys that, much like a lot of lacrosse, but he, that doesn't bother him. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't need the recognition. And um, he kind of that embodies what our defense is like. Hey, we didn't get much credit at all for winning it last year, and yeah. it didn't bother us. We want it. We can take that to the bank rather than being told, "Hey, you guys are the best defense, but you didn't win." So, uh, Chai just kind of embodies that. The kind of mentality we have back there is just roll with it, and, and good things will happen. Is there such thing as a championship hangover for this group? Um, to be honest, I don't know. Like, I know I was definitely hung over a lot after the championship, <laughs> but. I don't mean literal hangover. I mean <laughs> the success of hangover. Yeah, and um, like I said, this is the new feeling for me, but yeah. I know there's a lot of guys in our room who have won before, uh, whether it's Junior A, Minto Cups, uh, Man Cups, NLL Championships before. I mean, Johnny Paulus won three in a row. The guy yeah. won four out of six years he's been in this league. Yeah, that's crazy. So we do have guys who know what it takes to come back. And, uh, and you know, we had a team meeting the other day, and that was – a um, you know, that was brought up, you know, how do you respond to championships? And Eddie asked anybody who's won a championship to put their hand up. So obviously a lot of guys put their hand up and then who's won it again as yeah. a repeat. And there was still a lot of hands up, whether it be Mintos or Man Cups or guys like Johnny, there were a lot of hands up. So there yeah. is a lot of experience in this room, even though we are a young team and it was the Swarm organization's first championship there's a lot of winners in this team who have done it before, done it again. So um, I personally, again, it's new for me, and it was definitely a different offseason and a different mentality coming in. But the way we're looking at it is, man, winning it once felt real good. Winning it twice is going to feel even better. Absolutely. A lot of talk, obviously, with the swarm of the off-floor issues and, and dealing with crowds and getting more people in the area to come support this championship club. Obviously, you kind of mentioned that you guys are already doing a ton of work in the local market, trying to get the word out. Uh, is it building? Are you? Are they kind of predicting a better turnout this year because you guys have won? Uh, I haven't asked those questions. Um, yeah. now well, come on, man. I, <laughs> that's why I have you. <laughs> I'm the insider. I know, I know. Uh, all I know is that um, the local area is very, very 
uh, excited. Local sports area is very excited about this team. Um, the fact that the Atlanta Falcons reached out and are hosting us at a halftime on December 30th is oh, incredible. Sweet. And, um, and you know, the Braves want to do something, and, and we've, you know, um, McIntosh did this hammer the golden spike at yeah, the Atlanta United yeah. football. You're like, the the scene in Georgia right now is is crazy yeah. because we won, and and it's because the the state and the city of Atlanta has been kind of uh, missing a champion since the Braves in the early '90s. So right. all I know from what I've heard is that the local sports scene is really excited, um, which in turn I'm I'm hoping means sponsors are excited and partnerships are excited, and that will only do good things for our crowds. I know the Arlotta family has invested a lot of money and a lot of time and energy. They've hired a lot of more, a lot more ticket salespeople. Uh, so they're doing their part. And now it's just a matter of the people of, you know, uh, Gwinnett County and, and Duluth just coming out and supporting us. And uh, I look at Saskatchewan as a great example. Like they moved there and the crowd showed up. Mm-hmm. They also had a fantastic team on the floor that was a defending champion. Yeah. So winning should answer your problems. Uh, when it comes to attendance, people want to see winners. You see great teams that have 15,000 fans, and then all of a sudden they go 1-15, and 15 and they're playing in front of 3,000 fans. So winning a lot of times can solve your problems. So me personally, although I don't know the numbers yet, I sure hope that's uh, that's the case for us. Obviously, you, can, you can't control the off-floor stuff. You can just focus on what you do. How are you feeling coming into the season uh, personally? Uh, are your angles good? Your equipment feeling good? How is Mike Poole and as a goaltender feeling going into the whole our season opener? I, I'm, I'm feeling really good. Uh, I've kept up my training uh, regimen. I have the same guy as the last year, uh, Mike Krajewski from out of Nashville, a family or sorry enough, a friend from uh, from the Kitchener area who moved down to work with a lot of NHL guys. His cousin was Kevin, is Kevin Klein, uh, former NHLer. So I've been getting some great, great training programs in place and working hard in the off season to stay in shape. Um, the old adage of just throw the fat kid in net doesn't really <laughs> happen anymore, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And, and you see it a lot in our in the NLL right now with the top goalies, you know, Matt Vince and, and Dylan Ward and Evan Kirk just being in shape. So I've always tried to maintain that for myself. Um, I think you know well, I'm a pretty laid-back guy. Yeah. I try to have a good time in anything I'm doing, even if I'm having a bad game. I, You know, I'm worrying like a rocking chair. It doesn't gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. So exactly. you just got to roll with it. And uh, mentally, I'm kind of in that place and ready to get a game in and see how uh, see how it goes. I think that 24 to nine shellacking from <laughs> from the rest yeah. the other week kind of helped me in that sense of okay, we're back into big boy mode here. You yeah, gotta, right. yeah. got to put the video time in and you got to get ready off the floor as well. How much, how much time do you spend watching video away from the rink? Uh, I'd say. Best way to put it, probably about a, every week, game week, I'll I'll be in front of a computer for two or three hours watching game mm-hmm. tape, and it's a little tiny bit of of uh, me and a bit of the team we're about to play. Like it's not um, it's not kind of one structured thing. Our our yeah. team uses uh, crossover, and they put out clips of of uh, the the offensive guys we're about to play, and uh, I've always liked to go back and watch the last game you played or I played, and watch a bit of the last game I played against the team we're about to play. So, um, you know, it's, it, can, it can add up, and uh, having a young family, it, mm-hmm. uh, 
it, it adds some more time dedicated to the sport, but at the same time, it's what we signed up for and it's what makes us better. And that's what kind of separates the top tier from the middle and the bottom is, is the extra work you put in away from the floor. So uh, it's just still a part of the game that I like doing actually is making sure I know when I'm there, I, I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. So Absolutely. Um, about two or three hours a week. Well, You'll have about two or three hours between the pipes of solid work against the Black Wolves Friday night as you guys kick off the season. Pui, always a pleasure catching up, my man. Uh, best of luck this year, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. We'll see you in the rink even sooner. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks again for having me. That's Mike Poulin of the Georgia Swarmans. He'll get set to stand between the pipes opposite Aaron Bold. Two guys that used to battle it out in the Battle of Alberta. We'll now be battling it out in the furthest East-based teams in the National Lacrosse League. And I think it's going to be a, a really good lacrosse game. Um, I'm excited to see the pseudo-new-look swarm. Uh, I'm excited to see the revamped Black Wolves defense. I'm definitely excited to see my boy Jesse King back on the floor where he belongs I expect another big season from him, a 70-point guy in his rookie season. Uh, I, It's tough to say coming off a knee injury uh, how well he actually will do if he'll surpass those numbers he did in his rookie year. I wouldn't be surprised by any means if he broke all those numbers, but it's obviously going to take him a little while to get back into full game speed, uh, exhibitions and practices in the preseason uh, or obviously a completely different animal than a regular season game. So uh, it might take him a game or two just to really get acclimated to the full speed of the NLL. But once he does, uh, Jesse King is one of the most accurate shooters on the run. Uh, he is a great grinder and a great teammate. And just so happy for the young man uh, to be back out on the floor after missing all of last season uh, with an ACL injury. So good to have Kinger back. Always a pleasure chatting. With Mike Poulin, uh, always enjoy hearing him ribbing his teammates. Forgot to ask him, uh, with Jordan Hall not starting the year with the team this year, who's going to be running the kangaroo court because those were always uh, some fun exploits in hearing what some of the fines were for the players and coaching staff for the Georgia Swarm. But uh, I'm sure Pooley will probably absorb those roles from Jordan Hall. I'm excited to see uh, Zed Williams, uh, if he gets the start for the Swarm. And how he does in his first National Lacrosse League game. I'm interested to see how Aaron Bull does behind that New England defense. Um, we're gonna, I'm going to play a clip from Glenn Clark uh, in a minute here. Uh, he just talks about their team's preparation and heading into the opening game. But um, you bring Aaron Bold in from Saskatchewan. Some say he may have had a down year last year. Uh, you bring him into New England. He's going to be doing a lot of traveling back and forth. Uh, you're putting him behind... A uh, defense that he doesn't really know and a defense that's been retooled in its own right. So um, there could be some growing pains early on the back end of the Black Wolves defense. But I think that offense is potent enough that it might be able to outscore teams just enough to give the Black Wolves uh, a few early season wins while that defense finally gets their feet together. And that's pretty much where Glenn Clark will start this interview. Just talking about uh, the different faces that have come into the Black Wolves locker room. We, we've made some significant changes in the offseason, so you know, we get to see very quickly how that plays out and, and how we stack up against you know, arguably the best team in the league, the defending champs. So 
Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm excited and curious and interested to see how it plays out. We've got some specific things we want to do and want to be better at, uh, and this is it'll be the ultimate test to start. You know, as a group, we were a little bit disappointed in, uh, you know, the amount of shots on goal, the amount of goals against we gave up. So, you know, and that's all over the floor. Uh, but one of the areas we identified was we wanted to be better uh, not giving up repossessions in the defensive zone uh, and also the ability uh, not turning the ball over. Uh, so we brought in some guys specific that, you know, we think have uh, good athleticism, good stick skills, the ability to push pace, move the ball up the floor. Uh, and we think that's going to translate into, one, uh, keeping goals out of our net, um, but two, helping to generate some offense from our back end. Offense. From the back end, a transition player's dream sentence from their coach. Every guy that plays out of the back door loves to be able to tell, being told they have the green light to run the floor and take chances when they're there. And that is becoming a new flavor in the National Lacrosse League is the transition player. And the more athletes that are coming into the league now, we're starting to see more and more, not just the transition-type players, just the pure athletic specimens. But we're seeing guys having to adjust their roles due to numbers just so they can fit into a roster. You can go back and look at what the Bandits did with Dane Smith early in his career, um, what Mitch Jones has gone through in his career. Well, Tyler Pace is going to have to go through that this year with the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, the natural right-hander uh, is going to be asked to play out the back door, uses athleticism to push the tempo. Uh, that is going to be a very, very fast team in Calgary, uh, especially when you add in Zach Courier. But again, this is a new look of the National Lacrosse League, just blazing speeds, high-scoring lacrosse games. But it will give coaches nightmares. And it will give fans nightmares if the D guys try to do too much. And that is a situation we've seen with many a D-man trying to make that big play, trying to score that big goal, trying to do all they can to help their team be successful. And sometimes they need not shoot, need not pass, and just pack the ball into the corner and then dish it off and let the offense get out there. So as much as coaches will allow that green light to be there, it's always with a hint of yellow. Just throw some caution out there. I'm interested to see which players rise to the occasion this year in many markets, especially in Colorado where the Mammoth do have some key injuries. Um, I believe it was Lewis Ratcliffe tweeted at me and said that the Mammoth Mammoth's pup list is probably one of the best ever. Coates, Holding, Sweeting, Greer. That's a lot of bodies to be missing at the start of a year. And when you're going to be missing two of them for the full season, that's a tough pill to swallow. I had mentioned last week that I was still surprised Scott Carnegie hadn't been picked up after Calgary released him. Well, shortly after that, Colorado Mammoth picked him up and threw him on the practice squad. Uh, he's still there after this weekend's camp. Um, I think the Mammoth are 
and GM Dan Carey are just going to evaluate their D as it is right now. Uh, they might make a change, come closer to game time on Friday night, but uh, it looks as of right now that Carnegie will start on the practice players list. But I like bringing him in. I like the fact that Dan Carey took a shot, just like Doug Locker took a shot with Andrew Suter. And I know they have big hopes for Suits in Vancouver. Uh, they're hoping that he can kind of bring that flair that he had in his early days in Minnesota. I don't know if he has that in him just because of what he's gone through with his knees. I know the heart and the competitive fire is still there. It's just whether the body can hold up. And speaking of the Mammoth in Colorado game, uh, it will be live on NLL TV and as the past few years on radio in the lower mainland on TSN 1410 uh, just announced today, which is not much of a surprise. uh, The Mammoth will have all of their games on TSN Radio in Vancouver, home and away. Uh, most of the games will be live. Some of them will be tape delayed due to conflicting games going on in Vancouver sports market. However, uh, Brad and Jake will have the home calls. Jake will be on the road with the team. So if you are a fan out there listening and the Stealth are coming to town, you'll be able to see Big Jumbo. And I'm sure he'd love to shake your hand and say hello and talk some lacrosse he'll be talking to plenty of lacrosse friday night because the mammoth are in town to take on the vancouver stealth as mentioned earlier a rematch of last year's west semifinal that colorado won by a single goal advancing them to the nll west final ryan benesh wasn't a part of that team but he knows how much it means to his club to get back there and that might have been why he took it upon himself to drive across the country from his home in Kitchener-Waterloo all the way to Denver, where he will spend the winter living. And I caught up with him earlier on Tuesday just to talk about his drive, his new life in Denver, and how excited he is to be part of the Mammoth. It was, uh, it was long. And, yeah. and, uh, and in some spots, pretty boring. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, I made it here safely, so that's all that really matters. And uh, excited to get the season going on Friday. I remember driving from uh, the West Coast all the way to Rochester, and I know that drive, and I know the boring part where there's literally just nothing. How did you keep your mind from going stir-crazy sitting in your car where it's just flatland after flatland? <laughs> A lot of absolutely horrible singing. I, uh, <laughs> I had, had my phone plugged in, had the tunes going, and I just, I just tried to jam out as much uh, I don't being so bored, but uh, like I said, I got here safely, so it's good. It's all good. Is Steve Fryer a worse singer than you? Uh, no, I think he's better than me after witnessing his little karaoke act <laughs> on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is obviously a, a new group of guys for you. Uh, it's not something that um, happens too often in this league where, where big-name players get traded, but um, how have you uh, found adjusting to this new team and, and a new city, a coaching staff, and, and all the things that go along with being involved in the trade? Um, you know, I, I the, the team is, you know, is a good group of guys. Um, mm-hmm. Very tight knit. Um, we all hang out together when we are in town together. Um, it's so good. It's been awesome. Um, Denver's beautiful. Weather's been spectacular. You know, we've. Uh, Kind of on Sunday, we go into one tonight. And um, as far as you know, as far as coaching staff goes, it's, it's 
totally day and night, you know. Um, mm-hmm. They're more relaxed. Uh, I'm not saying that they in Buffalo, but uh, I think everybody knows the Troy head. And uh, it's definitely a different change. You obviously have, um, you know, some good relationship with, with some of those guys in the team. Does that make the transition a little easier? Yeah, for sure. It always helps, you know, coming to a new team when you know a few guys. So um, it's it's been good so far. Um, I'm excited to get to know everybody better um, as the season goes on. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, Friday night's going to be a big a big test for us. Um, so for sure, a few guys in the lineup, but, uh, you know, we're, we're ready to go. And uh, I think we're all excited to get that first game out of the way. How much do you take, uh, you know, coming to the Mammoth and with all the injuries they have and, and, and the holes that they need to be filled right now, how much do you take as a personal challenge to, to take your game to another level? Oh, it's definitely uh, a personal challenge, you know. Um, they they gave away or traded away, you know, one of the best players in the league right now, and Callum Crawford. The guy's been outstanding for the last few seasons. And uh, for me to come um, come here – it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, um, obviously there's some expectations that come with football next. So, so I'm going to do what I can and do what it takes to help this team win and, uh, and do my job. One of the things that uh, GM Dan Carey was most impressed about you is just the shape you came into camp. Uh, how important was it for you to hit the ground running with Colorado? It was very important for me um, to come into to camp in in shape. Um, not saying that I haven't been in shape before for training camps, but uh, you know, being a 12 year veteran in the league, it was really important for me to, you know, get my weight down, get myself into into game shape uh, coming into training camp, so that you know I can show, uh, you know, show Daniel and show the coaching staff and show the rest of the guys that you know I'm ready to be here. I'm ready to. To do whatever it's going to take to win. So, uh, coming into camp, you know, I worked with a trainer for uh, the last two months back in Kitchener. He he got me in game shape, and uh, you know, I can't say thanks enough to him and uh, his efforts. But um, it's something that definitely needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about some of the holes uh, that the Mammoth have. Obviously, the loss of Dan Coates and Cam Holding are huge, but I know Coates, he's around the team, and he, and he was at camp this weekend. How important is that, being a veteran in this league, and, and you know um, how important seasoned voices are in the locker room. How good was it to see uh, Dan Coates there this weekend, just kind of keeping the guy's spirits up over, over the course of the camp? Yeah, it's it's something that that definitely uh, was needed. Um, it's good to see Dan, you know, as much as possible. I know it's, it'll be difficult for him to come on the trips and travel with the team, but uh, you know, when he is around, he still has his voice. He is still the the leader of this team, and um, when he speaks, everybody listens. So um, we're gonna we're gonna rely on him a lot. You know, even if it's just through uh, text messages or you know, emails on game days or whatnot. Um, we're going to rely on him a lot to, uh, you know, to offer his leadership. And, uh, you know, we're definitely going to take it when we can get it. Uh, the Colorado Mammoth are an offense that didn't have the, the success that they wanted last year. Uh, you know, they were second worst in the league in goals for. Uh, what do you bring to this team that's going to give them a little more of an advantage on the offensive side of the ball? 
Well, I ho- I'm hoping to bring, you know, some offensive goal scoring. Um, mm-hmm. That's what I've kind of prided myself on for my uh, my career so far is that, uh, you know, I can I can put the ball in that when I'm asked to. So um, it's, it's just about working with my teammates. You know, we got to get familiar with each other, uh, obviously on the right side and and on the left side, so um, it's going to be a work in progress. But so far, it's been it's been good. Uh, it's just up to me to make sure that I'm ready and that uh, you know I'm I'm doing what I can to to put that ball in the net. Back out in the West Coast uh, to take on the Vancouver Stealth this weekend, Friday night to kick off the season. What's the message from head coach Pat Coyle as you guys uh, will take on the team that you knocked out of the playoffs last year? Just come ready. Um, we're going to have our game, you know, our film prep um, the night before. Uh, we got a little practice the night before. We got great defense and uh, they position the ball very well. So that's something that's uh, been keyed on and uh, things that we're going to, you know, definitely try to eliminate. Twelfth season in the National Crossing. Do you think it would last this long? <laughs> uh, no, not not really, but. Uh, you know, I feel good right now, so hopefully I, I can still bang a couple more seasons yet. I like the uh, the chirps coming from some of your old teammates uh, about your recent profile picture and your mammoth picture. Is are those are those chirps okay? It kind of still fuels the fire to to get back at those guys when you see them next. I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I can <laughs> I can handle it. I I know I know Daner and, and Logie and, and uh, we like to you know we like to have fun with each other on uh, social media. So. It's uh, it definitely puts a smile on my face when I see those chirps come through. It's a, it's a big tight knit family, and uh, you're one of the many special players in this league, Benny. It's it's great to have you part of the Mammoth. Uh, I know I'll see you Friday night uh, in Vancouver, but uh, I want to wish you the best of luck this year, and uh, we'll talk soon. Awesome, man! Can't wait to see you. I can put the ball in that when I'm asked to. So um, it's it's just about working with my teammates. You know, we got to get familiar with each other. Uh, obviously, on the right side and and on the left side. So um, it's going to be a work in progress. But so far, it's been it's been good. Uh, it's just up to me to make sure that I'm ready and that uh, you know I'm I'm doing what I can to to put that ball in the net. Back out in the West Coast uh, to take on the Vancouver Stealth this weekend Friday night to kick off the season. What's the message from head coach Pat Coyle as you guys? Uh, we'll take on a team that you knocked out of the playoffs last year. Just come ready. Um, we're going to have our game, you know, our film prep um, the night before. Uh, we got a little practice the night before. We got great defense, and uh, they position the ball very well. So that's something that's uh, been keyed on, and uh, things that we're going to, you know, definitely try to eliminate. Twelfth season in the National Crossing. Do you think it would last this long? Uh, no, not not really, but uh, you know, I feel good right now. So hopefully, I, I can still bang a couple more seasons yet. I like the uh, the chirps coming from some of your old teammates uh, about your recent profile picture and your mammoth picture. Is are those are those chirps okay? It kind of still fuels the fire to to get back at those guys when you see them next. I take it with a grain of salt. You know, I can <laughs> I can handle it. I I know. I know Daner and, and Logie, and, and uh, we like to, you know, we like to have fun with each other on uh, social media. So it's uh, it definitely puts a smile on my face when I see those chirps come through. It's a, it's a big tight knit family, and uh, you're one of the many special players in this league, Benny. It's it's great to have you part of the Mammoth. Uh, I know I'll see you Friday night uh, in Vancouver, but I uh, want to wish you the best of luck this year, and uh, we'll talk soon.
Awesome, man. Can't wait to see you. There's Ryan Banesh of the Colorado Mammoth. Is he and the Mammoth will head to Vancouver on Thursday, have a Thursday night practice, early Friday shoot around before they take on the Stealth at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. And that game, of course, is at the LEC. Uh, you heard him talk about Steve Fryer singing. If you really care about your ears, you might want to turn the volume down a little bit. Uh, the Mammoth have an in-game vignette series that they're doing. Uh, most teams do things like this. This year, uh, one of the games is headphone karaoke. Essentially, they put noise-canceling headphones on you, and they'll play a song, and they'll give you the lyrics, and you have to sing along to the song all while they record you. Now, I know this is a podcast, and you can't see Steve Fryer's moves while he's singing this song. Uh, if you want, you can go to the... Uh, mammoth twitter account and find it but this was his second go he had already done adele now he is tackling the world famous africa by toto ladies and gentlemen stephen fryer Some people are born to perform, and Steve Fryer has no shame. God bless that gentleman. So that's the current news in the National Lacrosse League leading up to these three games. Sorry, the four games this weekend. Three games on Friday, one game on Saturday. That game, of course, Calgary taking on the Rochester Nighthawks. Two teams I'm very interested to see how they react after last year's season. Both teams missed the playoffs. Both teams are perennial playoff contenders. And both teams will look to make a quick 180 turnaround and let last season be a year to forget. We talked about Tyler Pace playing out the back end for the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, He may see some offensive floor time, especially if there's unable to sign Westberg. Still no news whether the Roughnecks and Berg have come to an agreement on a deal. The two sides still trying to hammer something out. But as of yet, Westberg unsigned and will not start on the Calgary Roughnecks active roster. He's on their protected player list. And the waiting game continues. I'm interested to see how this club reacts without Westberg. They've filled some holes with necessary talent. Uh, they've gone. They're going with Frank Shiliano between the pipes. He's their number one guy, and so we'll see how this roughneck club produces without Berg and with some young bodies in the lineup. Three rookies, including the yet to be mentioned Anthony Kalinich, cracked the roughnecks roster this year. So a young team with a lot to prove, and you know Kurt Miloski will have his troops absolutely jacked. And ready to go to take on the Rochester Nighthawks, a team that Miloski used to play for. So, a little backstory. Um, we mentioned the um, CBS Sports Online thing. 
with the National Lacrosse League. Uh, don't forget that 21 weeks of National Lacrosse games will be on Twitter this year. So we'll have NLL TV, uh, the CBS Sports Live feed, as well as Twitter Games of the Week, including all of your other local broadcasts, whether it be radio or television. So uh, lots of chances to watch the National Lacrosse League this year. Uh, Fans in Denver, uh, this news came out today as they've been slowly announcing uh, their theme nights for the season. John Grant Jr. will have his number 24 sent to the rack of the Pepsi Center this year. It is a fantastic honor that will be given to one of the greatest players of our generation. And what better day to do it than March 24th when the Mammoth will take on the Vancouver Stealth at the Pepsi Center, 7 p.m. local time in Denver. Uh, With six years in Colorado after being traded from the Rochester Nighthawks, Junior stepped away as the all-time leader in goals, second in assists and points, Two-time MVP, nine-time All-Pro, second in the league in goals and points, fifth in assists. And he will join Gary Gate, Gavin Prout, and Brian Langtree as the four members of the retired Jersey family. And there's probably a few more that the Mammoth could do in the coming years. John Gallant comes to mind. That might be the next one. I think that might be the next. If the Mammoth ever do retire another jersey, I'd like to see John Gallant's number 11 get tossed up there because that guy was a Mammoth heart and soul kind of guy. But Junior, everyone knows Junior's exploits and um, how much he meant to the game of lacrosse and what he did and what he helped do for lacrosse in Denver uh, and in North America. Uh, Yes, JT will go down as probably the greatest player. But stick skills and wizardry, there's not many, if many, that are better than John Grant Jr. Maybe John Grant Sr., but that's a different generation. So congrats to Jr., my good longtime buddy from our days back in Rochester. Uh, I'm going to try and see if... There might be a shot Junior joins me in the booth this year for a game. We'd probably have to have a slight delay on his mic, but I think Junior would um, do quite a good job riding shotgun. It'd be nice to have him assisting me than me assisting him. And truth be told, I probably only assist on like three of his goals in his entire career. But hey, it counts. Um, One final little nippet of a nugget oh two nuggets two nuggets um one was a nugget that was found by a vancouver radio host his name's bob marjanovich he goes by the nickname the mode he's a larger than life personality out here but um he had a cup of coffee playing lacrosse out here in the wla um and uh, there's one there's actually a video of uh the mode scoring on bob hayes it's like his one and only goal we've talked about it many times on his radio show whenever I join him, it always seems to get brought up. But he tweeted out the nugget that Tampa Bay Lightning head coach John Cooper actually played two games in the WLA for the Richmond Roadrunners. Had a goal and assist. Played two games. And he loved it. 
obviously hand-eye coordination is a big thing in correlating the two sports. And we see how many guys that are playing in the National Hockey League today that are former lacrosse guys back in their junior era. And the two sports just go hand-in-hand. And so that was a a pretty cool nugget uh, that the Moj found out. And I tweeted a picture of um, the picture that Moj sent out. It was a shot from uh, Womper's Bible, I believe. Uh, So a pretty cool nugget. That Womper's Bible, man, that thing is a gold mine for nuggets. Uh, And the other little sports juice that came out uh, today, um, and I'm not talking about Russia not being allowed in the Olympics because that's just crazy and awesome at the same time. But the second juicy nugget is that Seattle City Council has approved a $600 million renovation of the key arena. And everyone is now speculating that opens up the door for the NHL to go to Seattle, which is a market that they've wanted to go to for quite some time. And the way Nick Sakevich's National Lacrosse League is going, that seems like a pretty good lock as a future destination for the National Lacrosse League. You have a fan base that lost its lacrosse team a few years ago from Everett. They're close to the Seattle area. You have a fan base that would have an instant rivalry with Vancouver and bad blood. You'd have a brand new arena, essentially, uh, that the key arena seen a lacrosse game before. It saw the 2010 West semifinals between the Washington Stealth and, at the time, Edmonton Rush. Still one of the greatest games I've seen. Paul Rabel with the overtime winner right off the draw. And you can probably bet a bottom dollar that Nick Sakevich has already got people in talks with the people working the arena, um, with the city council in Seattle, and whoever they can find in that area um, to get on board. Uh, a vote of 7-1 to one by the city council greenlit, uh, greenlit a understanding between the city and Oakview Group, an organization co-founded by Tim Laiwicki, who's the former president uh, and executive officer of Anschutz Entertainment Group, who, which owns the LA Kings. Uh, he's had similar roles with Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Uh, this guy has been around, and he knows his thing. And a new-look key arena, an NHL team coming back, possible return of the Sonics, it would be a great spot for a National Lacrosse League team and a huge market that the league would be able to go into and probably have some pretty good success. That's going to pretty much do it for this week. We're just three sleeps away. It's not Christmas. It might be better than Christmas. Might be. And the fact that I'll be traveling back from Denver on Christmas Eve and may miss Christmas if the weather gets bad in Denver. This is kind of my Christmas. Opening day week of the National Lacrosse League. Four games on tap. Get your subscription to NLL TV. Now uh, it's 40 bucks for the entire month. You get every game. And trust me, having been on the broadcaster's call uh, last week, things are changing. We have a new captain at the helm of the media division, let's call it. And he's doing everything that he can to 
make the product better, make the fan experience better, and make all of us broadcasters better. And as I've said, when the broadcasters are top of the line, the product becomes top of the line and allows the fans watching to experience the best game going. So I hope you are all ready. Three games Friday night, 7.30 from the casino, 7.30 from Banditland, 10.30 from the LEC. Those are all Eastern times, so it's 4.30, 4.30, and 7.30 for all us West Coasters. Thanks to Mike Poulin. Thanks to Ryan Banesh. And especially thanks to all of you loyal listeners who stuck with us from the start and continue to ride with us into the sunset. I'll be in Vancouver for the Mammoth game. Hope to see you out there. I have a feeling it is going to be a very loud night there. Again, rematch of the West semifinals. There is some unfinished business for the Vancouver Stealth, and this Mammoth squad wants to get off to a hot start because they're going to need it. With the losses that they have, uh, Dylan Ward is going to have to take his game to another level. The offense is going to have to find a groove real quick because this Vancouver Stealth team is hungry. Everybody in the West is hungry. Everybody in the National Lacrosse League is hungry. There are no easy games, no weeks off, and it is a sprint all the way into June. Enjoy the ride, everybody. Again, you can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. Find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. And we'll talk to you in a week's time. Enjoy the games, everybody, and be excellent to each other. Ball.